Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. I want to talk to you today about a journey that I've been on for the last 15 years in the, in the spirit of Thanksgiving. Um, the title of my sermon is Unshakable Thanksgiving. And that's been a journey that I've been on for more than 15 years. I've been born again maybe 25 and got thrown into this lifestyle and thinking everything was going to be okay. And then, you know, my, my burden's gone, my sin's gone, you know, thank you, Jesus. I mean, you know, and I had people tell me otherwise, you know, they told me the truth. But then when I started going through stuff, I, you know, I, I fell in love with the book of Job. Um, Job, Job, besides the Gospels, is, is my favorite book. He taught me how to be a friend of God. And um, that's, you know, that's the journey that I got from Job as he went from losing everything as a servant to, at the end, becoming God's friend. And uh, I just want to start, sorry, I should have told you in advance, I want to start out uh, in Job chapter 42, if you want to take a minute. Um, yeah, take a minute because I need to talk to these guys. Hey, uh, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you know, just because you get a hiccup that, and it takes your breath, that doesn't mean you stop breathing. You know, thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for being you. And uh, we're going to get through this. So it's going to be all right. <clears throat> yeah, so hiccups, take your breath, but that doesn't mean you stop breathing. Okay, Job chapter 42. He starts right off saying, I know you can do everything. Right before he, right before he gets restored to everything that, he, that was lost. Right before he gets restored. I know you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you, you asked. Who is, who is this you hide counsel without, without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. The whole book is this dialogue between Job and God. Listen, please, and let me speak, you said, and I will question you, and you will answer me. That's, that's the whole book of Job, once you get past the tragedy, is, is this dialogue, this man who lost it all, getting restored to being a friend. And that's been my journey, personally, for the last 15 years, is... Going through a bunch of tragedy, only to, and in the end, without even realizing it, and then having prophetic words to back up what I'm feeling, so I don't think that I'm more than myself, is a friend of God. Um, prophetic words from people in this room that, you know, that I'm going through these things thinking, oh, you're just getting all for yourself and high and mighty, and yeah, you got an anointing, blah, blah. I mean, seriously, honestly, being vulnerable, am I getting into myself too much, but then I hear prophetic words backing up, um, you know, what I'm feeling in my spirit. And part of the journey in, in going from servant to friendship um, is I found that this morning I woke up with this verse in my head. Um, turn again, if you want to, to Philippians uh, chapter 4. Starting with verse 6. Can I get my water? Get my water. Thank you. <clears throat> Everybody ready to go on a journey? Uh, Philippians 4. 
um, five through six. Everybody ready to go on a journey? Because I'm going to get real vulnerable here, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with it, but at the same time, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable, and I'm stuttering because I'm nervous. I don't get, once I usually, usually once I get up here, I don't get nervous, but this is a big deal because I'm going to share some things. Okay, okay. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, and if there is any virtue and there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And then skip down to verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That has been, I should have it tattooed. That has been my anthem for 15 years. Um, like, like Elijah said, and we didn't even discuss this, I also said to God early in my Christianity, early in my walk when I felt, especially when I knew I had to answer this call to do this, um, you know, I do my best to always be obedient. I would do my best to always give him my yes. I would do my best to just always put it out there, put everything on the line. Um, have I failed? Probably. But um, the one thing, one very important thing, and to living a lifestyle of unshakable thanksgiving is to let, let my way of thinking go. You know, <laughs> we, we, do, we all do it. We, we, we get hit with a circumstance or a problem, and we, we pray about it, but we can't be thankful in advance for it because that means that we have to relinquish control. So instead of relinquishing control and being thankful for what you just prayed for, we have to hide it with worry and fear because we didn't really let it go to begin with. And that is, one, it's just human. We all do that. Guilty. I should, I need, we need a sign here that says guilty whenever we, can, whenever we can relate to what we're saying. But that's, what we're, that's where we need to get. We need to get to the place where once we... We give something to God, we pull back with a closed hand. Because if we, if, we, if we don't let go of our way of thinking on how he should do it, you know, that's where we get it. I mean, if you're, if you're a planner or an organizer or, a, you know, whatever, it's easy to give God something and then say in your own, well, if it doesn't work out this way, it might not be God. You know, we have to let go of exactly how we think things should work out. Uh, our opinion on how God should handle his kingdom. Am I, am I alone? Our opinion, that's it. That's the tagline. That's the hashtag. Uh, our opinion on how we think God should do it. Guilty. And when he doesn't do it, then we think, well, he didn't answer the prayer. But in the meantime, he's just doing things behind the scenes that we can't see, but we get frustrated because we didn't relinquish control. <laughs> yeah. um, I had to relinquish um, control 
Uh, this is where I get personal. Um, 2021, um, I had to relinquish control as, you know, a faith preacher or, you know, however you want to say it. My wife uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and then, you know, immediately, I mean immediately, I'm thinking, we got this because I've prayed for people up here, watching God heal. I've went to the jails. I prayed for a guy once before I even knew Janet. And through the glass, uh, through the phones, didn't even, you know, Bible says lay hands on the sick. Couldn't even touch him, but prayed for him, and he got healed of lung cancer. He had lung cancer for uh, addicted to inhalants, sniffing gasoline, uh, everything, and had lung cancer. And then he, I was an assistant pastor of a small little church back in my hometown in Cambridge, Ohio. And I was in charge of the jail ministry, and I went and I prayed for this guy who I didn't know. My pastor was like, hey, I need you to get out. And coincidentally, his name was Billy Graham. <laughs> so, so that, I teased, you know, once I got to know him and he got out of jail and he was healed and he came to our church and everything, he was, that was a big joke. I said, now you're going to be a preacher like Billy Graham. And he's like, oh, I don't think so. But, um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I had it all figured out how me and God were going to handle this situation. Wasn't even scared. And then she gets that news, and then two days later, they find out she's got a cancer skin on her arm and then one on her nose. So she's got to go get that taken care of before she can get the big one taken care of. But God, me and God got it. I mean, you can heal her, you know. You're her great healer, and bless God Almighty, and in Jesus' name, that was paid for on the cross, and no radiation is going to enter my wife's body, bless the Lord. The whole time, all he's wanting me to do is invite him in. He's just wanting me to invite him in. And that's, you know, that's what, you know, just, we have, yeah, invite him in. We, that's his daughter. My wife, she's on, she's on loan, you know, that's his kid. She's a child of God. I'm a child of God. We're in this together, but he, she belongs to him. She's mine on loan. So what I had to be faced with and what the reality was and the revelation that I got was he was going to walk with me through this because it was hurting him even more than it was hurting me. Because it's his daughter. <laughs> My wife on loan from him, he thought, well, you need someone to straighten you up here. You can have her on loan for a little bit. But in the meantime, let's sit together and let's not try to church this thing out and just be friend, father and son, savior and friend or servant, however you want to look at it. You know, we, I had to, and I had, you know, because of COVID protocol, she has her surgery and I, I'm there alone. Nobody's there with me. No friends, no family. Um... I was barely allowed to stay, and I'm in a waiting room with literally probably the size of this room, maybe bigger, um, with literally like myself and two other people scattered in the far corners because, you know, COVID protocols. 
sitting there by myself while she's under getting surgery for cancer. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. These old hymns come up handy when you need them. I love this new stuff, but I, 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 I teethed on those hymns when I was a baby Christian. You know, I'm almost 50 years old. I've been around a minute. I'm not, I know that's not as old as some, but I'm not 20 anymore. You know, so we have to, because I invited Jesus in the process to sit with me. And it was in that waiting room, and I just said to him, you know, I feel, I've never felt so alone right now. Because, uh, I mean, not, I don't want to even make the, her, her condition sound dramatic because it was caught really, really early. No chance of death. Everything is going to be all right. But in the moment, but in the moment, you know, you're standing there looking at her being wheeled away and no one to lean on in the physical because of COVID. I was, seriously, I was barely allowed to stay. They said, well, there's only you and this person, this person, I guess it's okay. I mean, literally, they were going to kick me out. Go, for, what am I going to do, go for a drive? Well, my wife's getting cancer for surgery. So, but it was in that, that, you know, along with some other stuff that I went through, the loss of my father, you know, in 2001, um, the day before the Twin Towers got hit, he went in and thought he needed, thought he had pneumonia. He had multiple sclerosis for a lot of years. Thought he had pneumonia, and turns out he had some rare lung disease. And he went to heaven, and you know, as a young raising kids and trying to figure that out, and my dad dies, and uh, you know, I take a break from church because I'm just fed up with the stuff, you know. Uh, no one did anything wrong in the church. Just I was just a mess because my dad died. And I took this call that I have, and I put it on the shelf. And I said to God, I'm not mad at you that my dad died. But I just don't care. But if you think you can take, I'm drinking beer in the shower, by the way. Can I just be real with you? Drinking beer in the shower, numbing that my dad's gone. I did that for five years, by the way. And part, part of it was I had a job, you know, I worked weekends, and that was just, you know, convenient on the other side of the kingdom, you know, to try to wreck a man's life. I didn't even have a retreat to go to. Um, I had to get, when, I, when I wasn't at home doing that, I was at work on the weekends, so I couldn't even come to church. So, cause I, you know. so that's a, a situation in the natural that didn't help my situation. Um, but, you know, you just... Job is my best friend, you know. So, you know, you just got to walk, you just got to, in those situations, though, what I did was I invited him in. You know, he wasn't just Jesus in the book and Jesus that I heard on Sunday. He was Jesus on the couch with me when I was drunk. He was Jesus on the couch with me when I didn't even want to talk to him. He was Jesus in my life when I didn't even want to be a husband or a father at the moment. You know, kids are being teenagers, and I'm like, I don't care. Janet's like, hey, they're doing this. I'm like, I don't care. 
totally wrong. You know, but in that process of my suffering is when I started to really invite him in. And that's when, see, I'm at the place now, I'm trying to describe where, how I got to the place where I'm unsh- I will not be shaken in my thanksgiving. Because he's that good. Because he deserves that much praise. Because he deserves that much credit. All of it. Unshakable. Your pain and your misery will lead you to be unshakable and how good he is when you see it come through when nobody else is around to watch it. You and him alone have to answer that call, have to answer that decision without your spouse, without your kids, without your mom, without your dad. You and him alone in this walk, this journey, we have to set it aside and let him in. And not only did I let him in, I let him have my seat. You know, I let him in, but then I got up where I'm in control of my life and I let him sit down. I'm going to watch what you do with this life I'm giving you. That's the only reason why I'm in California. My wife's from here. I'm not. You heard me mention Ohio. She moved here after the divorce. That's another story. We met. We, she wanted to come home. But even in that, um, she came up with the idea because, you know, the recession in, two, in 2009 and we, you know, lost my job, lost our house, you know, like, like millions of other people. And uh, like Elijah, um, again, without us even talking to each other about this, he, you know, I said to God years ago, you know, as far as I know, I'll do anything you ever ask me to do. And like Elijah, you know, I know that's a big statement. And also was maybe one of the first times I wanted to say no. Because my wife brought it up, and our son, was, our son lives in the Oakland area. He was back in Ohio visiting, um, and they were talking about it. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, God said to me, well, you said that you would do whatever it is I asked you to do. Will you go? And as soon as I said yes, then the money came. You know, we were... Living in my mom's basement, I couldn't find a job, and she was working part-time. We had no money. But my yes, me letting him in all the way, again, I got up and I said, sit down because I've messed this up. So you sit here at the throne of my life where you belong because I've messed it up. So you can have a seat. And he asked me to come. So it's Jesus' fault you guys are listening to me right now. (laughs) So he asked me to come when I really didn't want to leave everything and everyone that I've ever known. I have, you know, um, great nieces and nephews that I've never met. You know, it's a sacrifice. I'm not wanting you to feel sorry for me, but there's in my yes and me living in a place where I become unshakable in my Thanksgiving also might come with some sacrifice. And it's okay. I have peace in it. I really do. I don't look at Facebook and cry because it's their fifth birthday and they don't know who I am. Honestly, I don't. I have peace in that. But that's just part of the journey. <sighs> Is this okay? Because I thought that was vulnerable. I'm getting ready to go to a really hard spot. And also, finally, and I'll, I'll wrap this up, is uh, we need to live a life that others will be grateful for while we're here. We need to live a life that others will be grateful for in the short vapor that Paul talks about that we're here. 
I have a a dear friend back in Ohio. Um, We met about 15 years ago. And God used me. God God used me uh, at a young place in his life as a Christian. And he was my supervisor at a warehouse. before I, I worked there before I moved here, and that's the job I lost to, to start the journey to California. And he was my supervisor. And him and his wife, um, she was just his fiance at the time, but they were talking about going to um, get ordained to be ministers. They were going to get married. They got married after we moved here. But um, he, help me, Holy Spirit. He was one of my best friends on the planet. And in May, he laid down to go to bed my age and didn't wake up. He had a heart attack and he sleep. Him and his wife were pastors. She still is uh, of, a, of a nice community church outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. And Janet and I spoke there um, last August. We went to home to visit our daughter and grandkids and I had a couple of invitations to to speak, and that was one of them, and she did it with me. And uh, tore the house down, man. We, you know, prophetic words Janet and I gave. And, but the, the part of the, I'm not saying all that to brag. The part that I'm saying live a life that others will be grateful for, because when we worked together, being a pastor was the last thing on his mind. And I would go into his office, and I would prophesy to him. Because God showed me the gold, and I would prophesy to him, you know, Brian, you're going you're to leave this job, and you're going to be a preacher, and you're going to be a pastor. And he would laugh at me, and you'd have to know, Brian. He would just chuckle and say, shut up, stupid. Get out of, get out of my office and go back to work. And he'd just shake his head at me. You know, I, I did that for two years. Um, and then, you know, the bottom fell out of the economy, and I moved here, but... Um, when we, I say the part that to live a life others will be grateful for, those are his words, these are his words, not mine. We got up to, to speak and, you know, he introduced us just like Elijah did. And then he says to this congregation of his people, probably 150 people, that I was a mentor, that I was responsible for him being there, that Janet and I took his, him and his wife out on their first date together. As a blind date, they were in a church and liked each other and both, you know, in previous life divorced. And how do I, does he like, oh, well, does he like me? Does she like me? <laughs> so we went out to lunch with them as a kind of a barrier. And, oh, God, I don't want to do it. I'm going to. I'm going. Um, you, a couple years, these, a couple years ago I, out, out here I was, uh, thinking uh, I tried to get on the sheriff's department as a um, chaplain. And uh, I had to get some letters of recommendation. Elijah gave me one. And I uh, had a couple other people uh, give me one. And Brian gave me one. And uh, it just turned out to be a closed door. It didn't, nothing worked out. Maybe in the future, I don't know. But this is what I want to tell you about live a life that others will be grateful for. These are my late friend's words. And... Uh, so I'm not, saying, I'm, I'm not saying this as a look at me. I'm, I live an unshakable style, lifestyle of thanksgiving. 
And I had to do that for other people. I had to be in a good example for other people before I could do it. I had to walk through a journey, and this is just part of it. So this is my friend Brian's letter. Um, I met Doug Rose 15 years ago. This was like two, three years ago. When I was at the lowest point in my life and felt like I had nothing to lose by, except I walked into Tree Life Church in Zanesville, Ohio on a Sunday night. When I walked in, Doug was one of the first people to greet me and make me feel welcomed. Since that day, Doug has been a friend, mentor, confidant. He has always been there to help guide, give advice, pray with me. When I have called upon him, I have taken my frustrations, heartaches, and spiritually questions to Doug. In confidence, knowing Doug would be a good listener, give honest feedback, and follow up and secure Follow up with me to, to secure my path with Christ would not be compromised or damaged. I am now the senior pastor of the Garden of Church in Eaton, Ohio, and I believe that is in part to the teaching, guidance, and mentorship of Doug. To this day, when I have questions or concerns, I can call on Doug and he'll listen, pray, give me sound advice and feedback. And then there's, you know, other stuff about you know, I recommend him for this position and his address and stuff. But that's the kind of lifestyle that we have to become owners of, is an unshakable life, Thanksgiving lifestyle that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we face, no matter what valley we're in, that Jesus still gets glory. We have to become unshakable not only for the kingdom, not only for our call, not only for our community, but for the people around us. We have to become, we have to all have this responsibility to be unshakable. If you need me, I'm there. If you need me, I'm there. And likewise, we can be there for each other and we can be un, an unshakable force of thanksgiving to let everyone around know that everything is going to be all right no matter what I'm facing. Unshakable. That's my goal. That's where I'm walking. And I just wanted to share that with you. The theme of this season is Thanksgiving, and I had, you know, other things, you know, kind of prepared. But I woke up just wanting to be real. And I did a little modification to what I had. And um, in closing, I just, let me get back to my notes. Thank you, Brian. That was rough. Um, uh, before, I, before we go, I just if there's any of you that want your hurting to go from a place of hurting to thanksgiving, I just want you to stand and I'm going to pray for you before we dismiss. If there's anybody that needs prayer, like I'm facing this situation, <laughs> I'm facing this, even if you are, you're fine. I'm facing this situation and I just want my hurting to turn into thanksgiving. Because I believe with me being vulnerable, God just wants to shift some things. You know, Jesus set the example for, for being vulnerable. In case you haven't read the, the uh, Gospels, ripped his beard from his face, knowing he was the king of the world. Set the standard for being vulnerable. So if that's you, I just want to pray for you anybody else I feel like there's some other people that need to stand that 
think their hiccup's going to take their breath away, but that's just not the case. That's what I thought. Um, So, Father, we just thank you that living a lifestyle of thanksgiving is a reality that we can embrace and that we can be comfortable in and that we can thrive in. So I just ask, Lord, for the ones that have stood, anyone listening to my voice online or Facebook Live, wherever it may be, YouTube, wherever, if that's you, I just pray right now that there's a shift that happens today, that this week that you would see a transformation in what is hurting you to become a place where you can stand in thanksgiving. Let all, be, let all things be known in prayer and supplication. We give you thanks, Father. Well, I, just, I just pray for breakthrough in finances. I pray for breakthrough in relationships. I pray for breakthrough And just your daily walk with the Lord, maybe you don't feel comfortable, you're not, maybe you're not hearing him, maybe there's that, there's that fight, because I felt, fought that early on, like, am I really hearing God? So if that's some of you, I just pray for there to be a shift, that you would feel God's presence, that you would feel his shift and his breakthrough, so that you too can start your journey in an unshakable Thanksgiving lifestyle. So, Father, we just thank you, and we just praise you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for being here, we thank you for coming, and we tell you to have a good week, and be blessed, and prayer team, prayer team, uh, please come up. These people are awesome. They'll love on you. They'll pray for you for things you need, and... um, Thank you. We love you and have a good week. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.